Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome once again to another special episode of the RPG Cave. I'm one of your hosts, the level 99 human archmage, Ryan Turford, and I'm joined for the second time in basically a couple minutes. We got uh, <laughs> the level 99 human warlock, Sean Capri, here on Hi. the show. Hi, hello. And Hi, let's spoil the crap out of this game. And the level 99 uh, half-elf paladin, Matt Sawinski. Hello, Matt. What's up? Let's talk. Let's talk. I'm All excited. Right. So, of course, this is a spoiler talk about Tales of Arise. If you're just listening to this audio on the RPG Cave uh, feed or the Xbox Drive or the PlayStation Drive feed, jump out now if you don't want to know Tales of Arise spoilers. We did a non-spoilery review over on uh, the RPG Cave's uh, channel or as well the Xbox Drive and the PlayStation Drive. We've got our spoiler-free discussions there. So if you want to hear what we know, what we thought about the game in a spoiler-free way, go look at the the thing there and uh, go from there. But let's jump into spoilers because we got a lot to talk about. Um, but we're not going to start with the ending because normally when we do like a spoilerish conversation, normally I would actually start at the end. But Matt, as we talked about on mm-hmm. the actual non-spoilery show, you haven't actually gotten to the end yet. You're right before the end. So we're going to we're going to kind of save the ending and kind of our talk about these the the final part of the game till the end. But uh, mm-hmm. we should probably talk about. Uh, I don't know, I guess. Where should we start then? I'm, I'm curious, kind of curious. So maybe we should start kind of with the crown contest in general and kind of yes. how it's a whole yeah. sham and and kind of the big twist that kind of happens in the middle of the game after you beat uh, Volran, who is kind of the, the fifth and final um, kind of boss where you kind of think, oh, maybe this could be the final boss. Maybe this could be the end of the game. This is where Sean Capri was thinking maybe this game could have just rolled credits right here. And it could have been, been could have been over at that point, man. So, yeah, Sean, what were you thinking after the game was like a couple months have passed after Rollrin ended and uh, there was a new intro cinematic? What what did you think about this moment? Well, first of all, I think the entire premise of the of the crown con like this this is one of the best premises in, in video games period um the fact that and the the notion that um there's this other race that comes down to dominate the other the, it creates a situation that that is almost an unwinnable situation and then slowly but surely you come to realize that these are all the the five sort of like lords and all, all of that I, I that i love um what was i thinking when it all kind of came down to the end i don't know that i was ever completely satisfied with other than the fact that like, I guess it was giving you answers and maybe that was satisfying to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I felt like the mystery of it was actually better than the than most of the reveals, to be honest with you. Um, I was pretty blown away, you know, because at one point in the early goings of the game, I'm like, man, nobody's been to this other planet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what is it like? What What is up there and how do they come down? And it turns out that it's not really a like a, I mean, it's a planet, but it's like a shell of a planet. It is a. Well, shape. I love kind of like, like the fact that they're you're always seeing Reda in the sky, yeah. yeah. But, and you're but you're only seeing the front like little part portion of the planet yes. that's still there, yeah. Because the rest mm-hmm. of it behind it is totally hollowed out. I love that mm-hmm. that reveal that that is how the planet is, where you you're only seeing one aspect of it, but you're literally seeing it th- in the sky. Anytime you look up throughout the entire experience, mm-hmm. it's there. Um, but you never really think about that until like it kind of like blows your mind that it's like it, it, as the camera pans out around the side of the planet. You're like, oh, there's, yeah. there's nothing there. I'm like, did I know that? Like nothing that was there. A, yeah. And the blanket of the like of the conspiracy is so thick 
that even the lords don't know what's going on. They just know that they're in this contest. It's the utmost importance. It's a true honor to win this thing and even to be in a position to compete for it. And they all have such different strategies to go about doing that to find out that like it's not not all not even remotely uh, what is cracked up to be is <laughs> is kind of a big a kind of a big deal. And yeah, I feel like that landed because um, you adopt one of the lords as part of your party. Mm-hmm. That yeah. wouldn't have worked if you didn't. I don't think that would have landed if, if you didn't have somebody if you didn't befriend one of them for even him to go like I had no idea. Like that's yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. Especially because like you to think about it from the Lord's perspective for a second, they do this contest, they win, they're promised to go to Rena to become like the new king or queen. And when you finally get there, you just find a room filled with dead bodies, which you assume like which they kind of allude to and talk about it being just the past winners, the past lords. Isn't that, that you know crazy? They, they go through all this just to get shoved in a tube and to get drained. Like it's wild. Especially because mm-hmm. like I, I love the way that they handled it. And I think I think for me a lot of the reveals did land well i think they were just kind of too condensed into that final couple couple hours yeah i would have loved them to be a little bit more spread out but like i'm also amazed as to how different each of the lords felt and how each of their domains like again i was expecting completely different i was expecting like evil lord take him down evil lord take him down evil lord but like the way that they mix in like oh wait this lord you know you get there and she's not even there she got chased out and then you know she ends up freaking killing the entire town to this lord who you know you end up befriending and it's like peaceful here it's just how and how why every, it's peaceful and yeah. this other guy has everybody second guessing each other and spying on each other and the first one is like a slave type of uh, uh situation well, that, that, that place is just on fire the whole time sean what else yeah, are they gonna literally. Do? a very a very desolate kind of way to start the game wasn't it just like nothing mm-hmm. looked good like i was like this game is gorgeous but it, you're just looking at brown dirt the whole time rocks yeah exactly. rocks and breaking rocks. so yeah like very different strategies on how to manipulate the populace and and take out all the astral energy very and i think that was like some of the writing on in its best space was mm-hmm. the way that everybody and it all started like you got the big brute the big idiot and then he's the one who did i what i think is probably the least interesting kind of dominance of of the danas which is the slave pit um but even that was like a little bit more nuanced and just like just kill them all and take all and extract all their energy it's like you need you need that recurring kind of population to to provide that um and they even dealt with that with what's her face who snapped her fingers when she was about to be lit on fire and just everybody everybody (laughs) just (laughs) just turned to goop turned to goop yeah yeah part of the, the story is the hollowing um, where mm. essentially there, there's this fruit that they, um, the Renans basically trick people to eat, and then it basically um, causes them, like the, the, the Danans' astral energy to basically flow faster so it can be collected faster, essentially, because they're yep. siphoning their, their, their astral energy, which is essentially their life force from them mm-hmm. through these little um, marks in their hands that they basically, like little things they implant in their hands, essentially, yeah, like to collect a gem. astral yeah. energy, which actually is a callback to a previous Tales game, Tales of Symphonia, where um, you've actually got the crests from that game, um, which basically give kind of some of the characters um, the ability to be like stronger and use some of the astral arts in that game. But if it's removed, it turns you into like this evil monster, essentially, in, mm-hmm. in Tales mm. of Symphonia. So it, I thought it was actually a really cool callback to uh, do something like that in this game where even though it's not necessarily the same effect if it's removed, um, yeah. I, I liked how yeah. they kind of like tied in some of the older Tales themes and, and ideas and then kind of twisted them in interesting ways in this game. Yeah. I, 
I also really, really loved the side quests uh, when you get to Lenegas and you're running around and there's a side quest that pops for you to go talk to the populace as to what they think about each of the lords. Yeah. I thought that was such a nice touch to give each of them like a little bit backstory. It doesn't change how you feel about them whatsoever, but I found that to be such an interesting like kind of peek behind the curtains. Like who were they before they became that lord that we Mm -hmm. just, you know, took out? I love that side quest. I thought it was really, really cool. For one, that was quite short. You just run around and talk to people. But that that look as to who they were, I thought was really well done. Yeah. Plus, you just see it's the funny. propaganda at work with, with yeah. them. Yes. Especially just knowing what happens towards the end of the game and kind of like how the the Renans were manipulated anyways by the great spirit. Just it, it, it just throws all of that stuff into a new perspective. And it kind of like makes it, you think about all of those conversations completely differently, which is really interesting. Yep. Ryan, Sean. the entire sort of premise of the game is you are Iron Mask. You don't remember anything. Slowly but surely, you start to have this mask kind of broken away. You start to see that this Iron Mask, who you might think is like an ugly Bob from South Park, is actually quite a handsome husbando yeah. uh, in, in reality. Um, what did you think about that as as sort of that was kind of peeled away mm-hmm. and you start to learn a little bit more of like who, who Alfin was, who I, I don't think anybody who... We kind of let the name slip a little bit, and we went back to Iron. To be Iron fair, Mask like in, our, in, in the tra- all the trailers for the game, they always refer to him as Alpha and not Iron Mask. Oh, do they? So that's I never a- even saw that. So that's actually why I brought it up, or why I had mentioned it once, where I didn't feel not a not, it's a, not a, big a huge deal, secret. But, but you're right. What, yeah. did, what did you think of as as Alpha's story sort of became a little bit more unveiled, you know, piece by piece, and then ultimately that he was the sovereign, the original yeah. sovereign as a result of endless experiments. And that there's two, there's the good and the bad and the result of like where he ended up, whereas he was surrounded by friends and love and relationships. And he sort of became like the good, the light side. And you know, the, his, his opponent. Yeah. Valren so had like a completely different story to him, but they're, they're mm-hmm. similar in such a ways. And that's why I think like Valren was actually like a really like great kind of foil to Alfin in a lot of ways. And kind yeah. of, he's like, he's almost like the mirror image of Alfin. And, and it's something that we actually see in anime a lot anyways. Cause again, I watch a lot of anime and one of the things yep. I see in anime happen all the time. That's a big trope is just, um, the main antagonist is usually a lot of the times like kind of like almost like a mirror image of the main character. And it's almost like, mm-hmm. what if one little life, uh, moment yes. ha- what changed for that mm-hmm. character that then would send them on a completely different path and go maybe down the dark path. Um, and that's mm-hmm. something we see in anime a lot. And I wasn't super surprised when I kind of learned how kind of Voran's backstory. Cause I had figured that he was probably similar to alpha and along the way, like something, something might've happened or he might've been treated differently, which then changed him to being evil. He kind of yeah. reminded like their relationship really reminded me it, for those that have seen Naruto, like the relationship between Naruto and Gara yeah. essentially is kind of how I thought of those two characters. Um, where they're basically again, like same totally, they, they totally grew up in like similar <laughs> situations, but they, they became completely different characters. Um, one evil and one good. So that, that's kind of how I thought about him as a character. But yeah, I really liked learning about Alfin's characters. I don't really love kind of the amnesia trope in any game or mm-hmm. any kind of anime and stuff like that because it is so overused But the same, and cliche. But at the same time, I think Alfin's past and kind of learning more about him was so interesting that in a way I wanted to learn more about him. I lear- wanted to learn yeah. more about kind of yep. who, why he was abducted from, from, uh, from Dana and to become basically the sovereign when 
in theory, the sovereign at that time when we were learning about that should have been the winner of the crown contest and not some 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 uh, Danon from random Danon from the planet. But then you learn more about why because he's able. They're to all Danons. That's true. They're all the same. They they all everybody Danons. got tricked. They cherry picked them, and the, the magic people they got lifted off to another planet. That <laughs> is well, awesome. Actually, the dude. way that they're manipulated by the Great Spirit because the Great Spirit is kind of sitting, acting as kind of the leader of, of the Renans and how they, the great spirit basically manipulates them into this like war that, that to make them think that they're better than the other ones that they, mm-hmm, the, the great mm-hmm. spirit basically creates this like race conflict in order to basically have the Renans fulfill the goals of the great spirit, which I thought was really cool and interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's actually very profound in terms of how am I going to, I'm, I'm desperate. My planet's falling apart. Race, race conflict. That'll do it. That'll get them to do whatever I want them to do. Like that's actually that, that's kind of the core of of the conflict here and the storytelling. And it, that is that's pretty deep, actually. Yeah, and especially to the level of panic you see when Lenigus starts to get messed up. Like you, you know, mm-hmm. when, once you leave um, that dungeon on Lenigus and it's like everything's messed up, everything's dark, and they're like, "Wow, we can't get in touch with with the sovereign. Nobody knows what's going on. What are we supposed to do?" And they're kind of like, "It's not real." They're like, "No, you better not say that." Like it's it's such a Who? volatile. Re- who was talking to them? Who like before that? They're like the sovereign isn't talking. Like who actually would they would they have seen a sovereign before? Yeah, was they it- would see the the essentially the great spirit was actually um, appearing in the form of the the, the winner of the crown yeah. contest after they murdered the, that winner. Essentially, I yeah. didn't get. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, okay. it kind yeah. of reminded me this- of uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Running Man. It actually reminded yes. me kind of of the oh, Running yeah. Man, how they would like, um, like especially too with just the fact that the winners of the Running Man would then get murdered by you know the the, the show producers, and then they would like digitally kind of fill them in with like later scenes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this reminded me of, where essentially like the, the winner of the Crown Contest basically gets murdered um, by the the Heganquil or the the the, the uh, the great spirit and then essentially the great spirit takes its pl- takes their place and is like digitally projecting itself and giving orders that way which I, I yeah again, there was like interesting there was like a throwaway line from Tohalim that's like yeah we only ever see them on like the holocron like they only kind of show up and tell us what to do and that's kind of their entire relationship with the yeah. past winner once they become the king or queen or they whatever. They go to live on Rena in air quotes, essentially. Yeah. Um, See, that all made sense. I just, I wish I knew who this current sovereign was, like who was about to be taken over. I feel like for a game that felt like it was really working overtime to, to wrap everything as a, in a bow, every question was answered, which I think for some people they'll like that. I kind of would have liked some things not to be completely answered, mm-hmm. except for apparently this one that to me, no, they answered, I liked they answered who the, the current sovereign was. They, they, there was this mm-hmm. kind of a throwaway line and I don't recall the name off the top of my head, but they, but that's, Dohalim, and that's what I mean. Like, yeah, don't only mention who won, but then, no, you I never know, but it. like, yeah, what, I would love. I would love to have seen him. I would love to have seen like a maybe just as we arrive on Lenigus, like maybe there's one final broadcast from this person. Like, oh, that's what they look like. I would have been like to like visualize who's about to be taken over as sovereign through the current uh, contest. I think that would have been a li- that would have been kind of I don't know a little bit more um, impactful to me. It would have been more satisfying from that front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, all, all in all, though, even though I know the pacing 
kind of goes out the window during this part of the game. I actually liked learning about well, some of these Well, you go to space. That that. You go and find your 300, you're 300 years old, first of all, yep. and you got to go find your spaceship, and then you're just going to go fly this thing up, and good thing Dolim apparently knows how to operate this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're you're this 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 old dude. Um, talk to me, you guys, if I can, Ryan. Um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about Shion and her journey. She she you meet her, you can't touch her. She's got these thorns. What are these thorns? What were you guys' thoughts as you as as her story kind of like unfolded? She has created personal boundaries around herself because she just she she can't bear to not be touched. So why even bother building relationships and that? perception like she wants to die and then through the friendship she doesn't want to die anymore and it seems like now she has to die in order to avoid oblivion her journey is so amazing and you care about this character you care about her and um, at least i did alfin mm-hmm. pairing up and coming to know one another even though they have some uh, some pretty dark paths i would say mm-hmm. Well, every, yeah. everyone in every one of these characters has seen some stuff, Sean. Like it's they seen some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I will say that about pretty much everybody. But, but I also can like, as someone who moved around as a kid a lot, I can understand, really understand, like, and kind of sympathize a lot with Sean because that was kind of like the mentality that I had kind of built up as a kid when I was kind of moving around all the time. Where like sometimes I would move like two or three times in a year, so it was very hard to kind of make friends as a kid. Um, so mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to where she was coming from and knowing this is like, well, why, bo- why even? bother you know making right. friends with people because if they touch me they get this horrible look on their faces and i can't bear to see that look kind of thing like I yes. really loved, yeah um how she kind of opened up to the other characters but at the same time she's still really resistant to it as well um and and kind of the the how cold of a character she is at the beginning and how she's really just using alfin as kind of a, a yeah. tool to get things done yeah. to have basically where they end up is just such a different place I love what they did with that because I think they kind of really set it up to her, you know, they kind of attribute to, oh, she's just a cold person. You know, she's a Renan. She kind of has this holier than thou attitude. They kind of start setting it up in that way. And when you get to the reveal, it's like, oh, no, like she's trying to basically kill herself to kind of prevent this kind of oblivion from happening. Everything kind of falls into place in a really, really interesting way. And I, I loved that reveal because that's not something that I really anticipated personally. I didn't really see that coming in, in that respect. And I think it's handled in, in such an interesting way because, again, like she had nobody until she met Alfin and the rest of the crew. There was there was nobody that even bothered to care about her. They experimented on her mercilessly to try and figure out what was going on with her thorns and to find mm-hmm. out. And I think um, Alfin says it perfectly, like we were all fighting to live and you were fighting to die. And it's like wow, like how incredibly put together was that? And just like it completely turns her character on her head while also feeling exactly like her at the same time. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly done. Mm -hmm. Man, every, every single character has that, that, like I said, in the non-spoiler cast, like they all have that arc. I think Rinwell as well, Ryan, like they, she, she just, is she, she, um, her story is very, you you sympathize with her in that like, you know, her, her family's been traumatized. It's like the last, the last of them. And what is the history of her people? And they've been kind of almost shamed into or hunted into, into hiding by the time you beat Rinwell. Like there's there's no other mages left. She's the only one. So that on its own, like you meet her and you, you learn her backstory and it's like, wow, what a story. Holy crap. Like that would have been good enough if they just left it there. And then they're like, Hey, all the people who are magicians, they actually got like, they, they've all been taken away, basically kidnapped mm-hmm. to Rena. And it's like, it explains 
her story. Like it's yeah. it's part of the overall conflict. It explains like she has a revelation. She learns like, oh, like my entire life struggle, like it all makes sense now. And it's like there is not any if it was worth mentioning, it's tied to something else in this mm-hmm. game. And hers was to me like it really I mean, they all stand out, man. But like, I guess we're talking about her now. So yeah. <laughs> she just yeah. really stood out to me at this moment. Yeah. I loved Rinwell a lot as well because I loved her relationship and how she grows with Xion. Like they're there as much as Alfin and, 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 you know, Xion have their kind of core relationship. I actually found Rinwell's and Xion's to be one of the most interesting just because of how much disdain she has for Renna and for the Renan people at the beginning. Like she's so aggressive and so volatile mm-hmm. to basically anything that happens and watching her grow and, and kind of become more comfortable with herself and become more comfortable with everything that that's, ha- that's happened to her and accepts it. And like, I'm, I alluded to this briefly uh, in the non-spoiler cast, but like talking about how much she changes over the course of the story. I can't remember if it was an actual cutscene or if it was in one of the skits, but towards the end of the game, when you're kind of getting ready to go to Renna, um, Law is like starting to freak out and gets really anxious and she, she, she messes with him. She scares him and he, she's like, he's like, what are you doing? And it's like that interaction would have been flipped 20 hours before. It would have been completely mm-hmm. different, but because of seeing her kind of come together and especially what she goes through, you know, hearing kind of the, the spirits of Donna. Oh my God. Yeah. So just good. Beautiful. Like her arc is probably even I, as much as I love Shion's Rinwell's is my favorite in the game so far, just because of how much she overcomes and she goes through from where she was before to where she is to where she, yeah. you know, seemingly is going to end up. They nail it. They nail it. That is exactly what I was talking about in the non-spoiler about like, it didn't have to always be, Alfin, who something mm. profound was happening to, like that was a big deal that like somebody was hearing this voice and it like it didn't have to be him who also can wield the sword yeah. and also do all these other things. It's like this pretty important piece of the story was totally offloaded to especially if you weren't like battling with her all the time like me, mm. like it gave her such an important space to fill um, within the story, man. Holy yeah. crap. Dude. Well, and that's one of the things that the tale series and, and Matt and I know this because we played most of the Tales games, it's like, I feel like that's one of the things the Tales series has always been really strong at, is being able to give you a reason to An care ensemble. about the other characters that you're with, yeah. not just the main character. Um, and in yeah. some of the Tales games, I, I would argue that the main character, that there is no main character. The main character is kind of the party of six or, or the party of eight mm-hmm. and non, not one character specifically. Like Tales of Graces F, for example, um, is that Matt, I know, played, is actually a really strong case for this because essentially you follow the this like core group of kids that um, basically start out as kids and you play with them for like eight hours as children. Then they, there's a time gap where they become teenagers and then you kind of learn how like all their relationships have changed from there. And then you do another time skip where they're adults and you play, you basically go on this entire lifelong journey with this party, but at the same time, it doesn't really focus on one person in particular. It's all about kind of the, the, the main party's kind of relationships with each other and not about one individual person. And I, I feel so much of that in this game where yes, mm-hmm. even though I would say Alfin and Xion are the two main characters, if I had to pick yeah. main characters for this game. Um, yeah. Cause I don't think the game is entirely about Alfin. I think it's more about those two in particular, but even yeah. then like there's so much like each one of the, the party members, we, the reason you, we care about them 
um, fr from our non-spoilery talk is because just how much the, the game kind of invests in each one of those characters and gives them their own space and, and makes them feel again, like real people. Like they have yeah, real yeah. lives. They, they went to, went through some stuff and, and had all kinds of relationship with other characters before you met them and kind yeah, of how yeah. they grow along the way is really, um, what solidifies them as really strong and powerful characters, I think. So right well, maybe we'll, we'll leave off Rinwell well after this maybe, but, um, she has the moment where she's like pushed to the brink, yeah. you know, of her hatred, her unbridled, just like yep. she's like her aggression comes out in full force and she kind of has a bit of a, a moment. She has a bit of a, like, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And it's tied in so wonderfully with what happens with, um, I don't remember what the domain Law? is called. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, the, but the, 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 the unbridled hatred that you saw with the mob, who was just like, we got her, yeah. burn her at the stake. Like, yeah, like when they tied up Almatria and that's they were what her name. Yes. kill her, yeah. It's, to me, like, those two were, like, yin and yang of each other of like this there's lessons to be learned from this game and from those two scenarios of like you don't you don't give into the hate because i mean in that case you're goop <laughs> you turn yeah. into goop you gave into the hate and it's a terrible consequence and i felt like rinwell kind of like learned from that and, and it's a there's so many morals to the story and that was one that definitely got highlighted for me by by her and that the town hall or yeah town hall kind well of she's also like the the, the the back of the coin with law because law also yes. has kind of that hatred, but it's a different type of hatred because it's more right. of a hatred for his father and for basically Law, being abandoned. Dude. And oh my God. And wolves. his dad. So Law's dad, Zephyr, like is the reason he's the vehicle that like brings you onto this whole mess. He shows Alfin or Iron Mask that he can fight for his right and that this instinct that he's had kind of looming this whole time, he should act upon it. You, you can be more than a slave because there's this whole rebellion. He blows this whole thing open. He dies, has this very touching, and I think a lot of either our son or dad can probably um, recognize a, a very strained relationship. The, the father-son relationship is, a, is an interesting one in the best of ways. Uh, mm -hmm. And I feel like they explore that in kind of an extreme sense, which an anime game should. And Law, in his immaturity, it was important for him to be 60. I'm glad you clarified that, Ryan, mm -hmm. because all of his anger that he harbored against his dad was in his mind, right. But he eventually learned to regret that. And he had to sort of like almost repent, but also fight for, to almost make up for his dad being, you know, slain in, in the, in those efforts. Like it was his fault. He had to mm -hmm. own that as like, and, and somebody had mentioned, it's like, that's a lot for a kid his age to, to bear. Mm -hmm. Um, Law's story is, is very heavy in and of itself. Like they're all, they're all big, but the, the exchange really, you thought you would, be, you would have been with Zephyr. I'm sure you, you would have thought you'd be with him the whole time. And you get his kid who was kind of like, he was a heel when you first see him. You're like, he, he got him caught. He got yeah. him. Well, he's one of the know, snake he, eyes. He led to his death. Yeah. And that feeds into the entire area of the of the world that you're in in that of that Lord's place. Like that was that made sense mm -hmm. that that a son would do that to his dad because that's the society that they live in. Mm -hmm. Guys, talk to me. <laughs> I'm actually I just, have chills about this spot. I what I really, really love about Law and Suffer's story is it's never even alluded to. It's never really it's never told outright what 
his last words were supposed to be at least a point right. where I'm at. Right. Like yeah. it's he, he, and he mentions it over and over again over the course of the game. What was he going to say to me? What was he going to say to me? I have all these ideas of what he was going to say, but ultimately, right. His whole lesson is to have more faith in himself and in, in who he is. And like, you really see that culminate to go back to Reno for just a second when she's about to kill Almadria and he steps in and he's kind of like, don't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like the way that he builds up to that point and the way that he kind of reflects onto everybody around him, like his relationships with, with, Alfin and kind of how they kind of push each other forward and like when you see him start to get nervous and start to get worried about the others around him like he deals with a lot for a kid at 16 and it's just like good lord they they rocked it like I love law and like he's got he's got that like very much anime you know protagonist feel to him like you, you know he's goes he'd be right alongside like Deku from my hero or Goku from Dragon Ball Z right like he's he's that kind of uh, character archetype but there's so much more to him that I find so interesting. Yeah. Hockey and capable, but flawed and has so much to learn and is burned forever for his, uh, for his arrogance, I think is mm-hmm. one way I would put it. Or just teenage angst because I mean, teenage, yeah. all, mm-hmm. we were all teenagers once, especially his age. Like when he's, but he hates, he hates his father. He think he gets that kind of confused with again, just, you know, growing up and you know, yeah. puberty, mm-hmm. like that, that like just, you know, I, I related to that so much and I can totally understand, you know, him as a character. And I, again, I love that whole arc in particular, like, and how like him, like his relationship with his father tied into kind of what was going on with Rinwell and kind of the, the location, like Cislodia in particular, the area you're in at the same time, like how mm-hmm. all that ties together is just beautifully crafted. Um, but we should move on and talk about Kisara and Dohomim as well, because they're kind of the yeah. only two party members. We they love each really other. Touched. You don't think they love they each do. other? They love they each other a lot, man. They she would put her life on the line and then things change. She's like, well, I don't have to protect you as a Lord anymore. So yeah. 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 They love each other. And don't mean, uh, he is so textured his, his, the reason that that what he does with his area is, is one of the most interesting approaches to this, to this crown contest. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. his rationale, he's so hard on himself. He, he takes so much on and wears it on his shoulders and kind of for the worse, actually, even though he doesn't, he, he is so hard on himself that he actually doesn't give himself any credit for what is actually the best case scenario for the people within his domain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what makes him so interesting is just, how there's there's so much more to him and you can tell like he was an artist that got forced into being a lord you know what i mean like he has so much appreciation for everything around him but at the same time he is so weighed on by his past like he the 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 love and the care that he shows for the, the friends that we see beforehand and even just him you know lying to the betrothed of the guy that he killed about what happened like he's so self-sacrificing to a fault Right. right. And 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 then you start to see him kind of realize that. And something that, you know, you guys were talking to a little bit earlier and something that I really loved about his character is that, like, again, in, in most other games, you'd have Alfin being the one figuring everything out and piecing it all together. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the brains of the group. Yeah. He's the one that starts yeah. to piece together what's going on. He's the one that's being like, why are these things happening this way? Mm-hmm. Why do we why have we never been to Rena? Why are these things kind of why is all this playing out the way that it is? And I love that he's the kind of he's the one that starts to figure it all out piece by piece. And yeah, he's just he's so intelligently put together, and it's so awesome to watch his character arc um, as as it unfolds because I think they handle it really well. 
Yeah, especially with everything about that, that happens in his own territory and that what he deals with there and then kind of how he has to kind of try and forgive himself for everything that happens because he constantly blames himself for the, the mm-hmm. pool of hollowed people that are in his, his territory. And got- and it all happens like because he's trusting. Yeah. Like he's he kind of feels like everything is is as he's designed. And there's this area that is unbeknownst to him, like the slaughterhouse, essentially. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and the way that that is all revealed with Kassar's brother is excellent. And of course, there's somebody within his own ranks who's going to, you know, backstab him in the end. But um, that whole okay, I just thought I was in for another area. I was going to save these people yeah. and move on to the next area. And this is where it started to really be revealed to me of like oh snap every area is going to have something new new twist yep. and a new character like Kassara's brother I think it may be another game or if it was handled differently I would have thought like oh you just introduced this character to kill him off and that might have felt cheap and I never imagined I never mm-hmm. thought that here he played such an important he, he was revealed into the game and the story at the exact right moment and you got just enough information for him to kind of convey his point and his sacrifice made sense too it seemed almost over the top but it did make sense because the world building was so strong you under he understood i understood everybody got it that like if he didn't like chow that thing down and just like goop up then his his argument was could have only amounted to maybe like hearsay like i think i i think this but like i'm gonna show you by turning into goop and that's kind of where Kassara is just like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because I think for me, up until the point where we actually get to that Lake of the Hollowed, I was still like, is this guy going to be evil? Like, is he going to be right. the kind of the, is he gonna be the turn? Same the, here. The, the kind of ang- the camera angles that they use when they he's talking at points or the music cues that they use. There's a little bit of like darkness around him mm-hmm. as you kind of kind of go into that underground like that underground area and I was kind of being like okay like is he going to die because he tries to go against Oalim is like I, totally. I knew he was going to die but for me it was a question of is is he the reason things are happening and he's using this as an excuse to get to a place where he wants to do something else like for me it was like they, they set it up in such a clever way with the music and the camera angles to be like Oh, maybe, maybe you, they kind of leave you wondering right up until that point where he's like, I'm going to do this to show oh, you what the hell's yeah. what's going on. I misunderstood when I jumped on that. I actually thought you were talking about Dolim. I thought, no. I thought there might be that he yeah. might turn out to be evil, but I never yeah. thought that about the brother, but yeah, no, I was so on the same page as Matt. I also thought there was a possibility he's leading him to this place to like stab him in the back or something like that. But yeah, but no, the, it, it was just so much more horrible than that. But I loved every yeah. moment of it. Like and just mm-hmm. how it, you know, played into the story. And again, just how well to all your points of how they, they had the, the music set up there and all, and it all carried on that was that was core to the world and everything else from then on like they really yeah. could have had that as like a as a that was isolated but like it really wasn't like like you saw no, it the, played the, a huge part in Almadria's area the next area yep. you go to where it's yes. like she's essentially supplying them with the fruit to basically mm-hmm. then hollow all these people yeah like I love kind of how all of that like tied together where even though all of the realms were kind of uh, themed around a specific element they were yes and, and, and they felt and like they might have been segmented from each other but in the way the story ties all of the stories together from each realm like that's it felt like so much more of a complete experience. That is so mm-hmm. satisfying. I couldn't have said it better myself, Ryan. There is like this there. It seems like you're in these biomes and everything is, is segregated from one another. But and then when they start to actually intertwine, 
it, it, man, the writing in this is so yeah. good. It doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen without great writing. Yeah. Well, that's actually yeah. one of the things that I, I really thought about when I was playing this. It, I really thought of Final Fantasy 14 because that's something like I've talked about it before with Final Fantasy 14, the MMO, where it's like the story in that game is so well done. And it's because of stuff like that that, yeah. that, because oh, it, wow. that really does, like, that it really has a strong writing where like little things that you might have seen at the very beginning of the game that you might not have thought about just come into play in a really interesting way towards the end of the game. Um, and, and the same thing happens in this game. And that's again, all attributed to some really excellent writing on, on the writers for this game. Like I think mm-hmm. they did an incredible mm-hmm. job with it. Um, so like for me, like the biggest one, I think spoilers, like for me, it was characters and the biomes were like the big standouts. When I, when I was talking to Ryan, I'm like, I've got to talk about this. I got to get stuff off my chest. Like for me, it was the characters and the biomes, everything on that, that the back half of the, the, um, of the game wasn't really as as interesting to me so I, i'll maybe like turn it back over to you guys in terms of like what where do you want to take it from here i'm i'm satiated i feel satisfied by the the characters and the, the realms and things like that and the lords very quickly before we dive into any and anything else i have to it made me laugh i i start like flat out started laughing with the second title reveal after you take down uh i know yeah boys of bullhorn the second time the second trailer the second anime trailer and the second title reveal i was like of course this is the most tales thing to ever happen like yep. of course this is playing out the way that it is uh i loved it i thought it was hilarious like, do you it think was, it could have been a trilogy matt do you think or or even like a sequel could they have made this two games I think they would have been stretching it at that point. I yeah. feel like I feel like they they the story that it tells, I have no issue with the story as a whole. My problem kind of comes more into the pacing of of the last, I would say 30% of the game. I have no issue with where they take the story. I have no problem with the reveals. I just think that it could have been a little bit better paced because very quickly after part 1 ends, when you start you you know, you go into part 2, it's a lot of run from point A to point B. Yeah. Do the dungeon, run back from that point back mm-hmm. to where you were. Here's a segment where you talk to all the characters. Here's a bunch of cutscenes. Talk to all the characters again. Here's some more cutscenes. Once again, talk to the characters. Mm-hmm. And then here's another dungeon. Like, I feel like there could have been a, a different way to kind of get you mm-hmm. through part two to the way that they handled, yeah. which, I mean, Ryan, you alluded to in, in, the, in the non-spoiler version, but like, or maybe it was before we even started recording that, you know, the final dungeon is like two to two and a half hours long. It's like, yeah. it's lengthy. And again, part of, it does the most JRPG thing ever, where it's just, here's a big enemy. Here's a group of enemies. Here's a big enemy. Here's a big yeah. enemy. And it's like, or the just way elite that you, enemies kind of mixed in with each other, which again, just yeah. lead to giant health pools of doom, essentially. Yeah. It just and takes it takes you, f- yeah, it takes five to 10 minutes to get through just a regular encounter. So like, that's, that's where my issues start to kind of come into play because I don't have an issue with the story. I think, Again, not having seen the, the, the finale as of yet, but like I have no problem with where everything goes or with how it's told. My biggest issue is just the way that it's presented in part two, because I feel like honestly, this game did need maybe another 10 to 15 hours to kind of build mm-hmm. itself out a little bit within part two, because I think part one is so strong and it mm-hmm. handles everything so well that part two mm-hmm. by default, just it is shorter. It, it you know, it, it is kind of a little bit more empty. Um, I feel like it well, especially like you're not traveling to new any new places other than again, uh, Lenigus and then to Rena essentially. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like at that point, you're not really doing all the traveling and going between all of the different realms like you were doing at the the beginning of the game, which the beginning half, which I think is what maybe kind of creates that bottleneck because they basically mm-hmm. have to tell you kind of like kind of fill out the rest of the story, um, but then the gameplay just isn't really 
there. Like the level design isn't really there in, in a satisfying Exactly. Like you're not, well said. Um, like you're having to basically run back and forth, like to, like you said, Matt, going from dungeon to talking to people to dungeon to talking to people, where it's not, it doesn't happen as in, in as organic way as it does through the rest of the story. And I think that's where the pacing run, like hits a, a bit of a wall there. Especially because it's not until that section that you get start getting that, okay, you finished the dungeon, now run all the way back through the dungeon. It yeah. doesn't really happen as much with part one. Like, it's kind of like you'll, you'll defeat the Lord and it's kind of like, all right, here's the next part of the game, right? You'll kind of start at the end or wherever else that you end up. But in part two, you really do get all that. Okay, you're at the end of the dungeon. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> like, run all the way back. Especially if you the, didn't um, all the in teleporters in Rena either. It's just like ridiculous. What about the, the red woman, the, the, the like just terrifying? Yeah. I mean, this is a uh, maybe another trope of yeah. a, a small Japanese girl with black eyes and, and hair, and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know if that's a, as much of a trope as you're letting on, Sean. I mean, especially like I'm thinking uh, like uh, the ring. It kind of gave me like or, uh, not the ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it the ring? What's the one that the late the girl crawls out of the, the TV? Ring. You got to write the yeah, ring. So yeah. In any case, it feels like or the or the uh, the grudge. Something yeah. like there's. There's at least those two things. Um, creepy little Japanese girl is basically the trope. But then she becomes uh, morphs into like a creepy alien, that creepy alien hagunquel, where then there's you find a ton of red women who then are basically like health pools for you to basically knock down. Yeah. yeah. Swords, which are Though I did, I did love the line. Uh, I think Rinwell says it when you're running around Rena when she's like, "Did you ever notice that all the knights are the same size?" And it's like <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like. There could have been an actual day. Like the game is so cheeky like that at so yeah. many times where like I'll be thinking of something and one of the characters will say it. That just kind of like doesn't break the immersion because I'll be like, you just called yourself out. And it's so good <laughs> at doing that. But I think with the the red woman, um, I think she's I think she's fine. I think like she scared I, me I, in space when she showed up in outer space. Yeah. I was like, oh, my yeah, God, that is terrifying. The, 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 yeah, I think I think she's fine. I think she's more of like a means to an end. I don't really know if I think they build up a lot of mystery around that character specifically and i think the payoff there is a little yeah. weak just because like just of how much they built up around that specific character mm-hmm. that right. i feel like i feel like just the reveal i don't think the real the reveal is the problem i just think the build-up to get to that point is a little it's a little like they make it seem mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than it is yeah yeah uh, i think she's fine it kind of reminds me of what it, that that build-up really reminded me was of uh, mass effect with the reapers but not in it not in as good of a way as the reaper build-up where essentially the, the they built up the reapers to be this like um like alien race that um was kind of manipulating the rest of the galaxy to basically do their bidding and kind of formulate their society in a specific way to kind of you know meet their, their goals in the end which is essentially what the Hagenquell and the, the uh, Great Spirit essentially did. Um, but mm. they didn't, it, just that payoff didn't feel as strong as when you kind of, you know, talk to Sovereign for the first time or anything like that. Because I feel like, uh, again, when you meet with the great, real, what, like the Red Woman, you're, she's not really like talking to you or interacting with you in any way mm. or anything like that. Like she's kind of a generic character because there's multiples yeah. of her and they're all basically the same. Um, so there's not really like any kind of personality there or any kind of, thing yeah, that, like, just mysterious. Just there. wonder what the heck is going on. Very powerful seeming and, and maybe unstoppable. So, yeah. yeah. So, so Sean, I, I'm a little bit curious because like Ryan and I knew going into this, like, I mean, tales is, is notorious for giving you that false ending of being, well, this like, is also not the first tales game where you go to space, you go to space in quite a few tales games actually, but not all. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like Tales of Races F in particular is like the last one I remember where you go to space. 
Yeah, like they they do the they bring in that like I kept waiting for him like where's the really techie side gonna come in because like in Symphonia it's kind of up there pretty quick. Um, but what did you how did you feel about like the the kind of segmented approach to the storytelling because like you really definitively have your part one and part two. Yeah. Which I mean like I mean I you know Ryan and I knew that kind of going in that it was going to happen to some extent. How did you feel about it as somebody who's you know newer to the series? Let's say. Well, I, I sort of asked the question about, like, do you think it could have been a sequel in a way that, like, I think I would have liked it to be a sequel. I actually think that they could have done quite a bit more on Lenigus and on the the mm-hmm. politics side. And I don't know that it would necessarily have been a mirror image of the first one. But I so I guess I did to say that I, I didn't love the second part for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like a, most mysteries were better as mysteries than the truest answer themselves. I think the solution to some of the problems weren't as like satisfying as the fight towards getting to the solution. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and one of them being the very, the very end. Um, I just felt like that's maybe where the game tripped up a little bit. And I could have been, I could have been satisfied with just the ending being like they stabbed him. And that actually was, that was the end. Um, things went to space. I didn't, I just didn't need all those, those specific answers i guess but mm-hmm. um i guess if you i don't know it's, it's interesting that you guys have such uh, a different experience with these tales games and that you probably were expecting to go off into space and i it didn't bother me that the, the space part didn't necessarily bother me i was just like what what exactly is this adding to my experience and i felt like i had gotten already i had gotten some of the most interesting unique storytelling with the biomes and the realms and the lords and everything prior to that and then it got kind of generic from there that like there's this great there's a god who's manipulating all the things and it's like that part wasn't as interesting as the conflict between Rena and dana and the people and the race conflict and everything and to know that there was a puppet master behind the scenes was like it makes sense that there was a reason for it but like what if some what if this group of people just hated these other people and mm-hmm. that would have been okay with me i didn't need like um that sixth sixth level above the conflict that i found like i guess i was you you find yourself climbing a ladder in these tales games at least in this one of like you think the conflict is limited to this well it's bigger than this and actually there's five realms and actually Mm -hmm. there's this sephiroth guy who you gotta fight and actually like he's not even the real deal and actually like there's this and it just like and actually this is what's going on it that stuff kind of gets ridiculous and that's where i guess it's just anime you're just yeah. like, let's see how outrageous <laughs> yeah. it can get. And that's the pull. It didn't. That's not what I was there for, though. Like, yeah, not even that's close. Fair. Yeah. Whereas with us, like, I know, again, Matt and I both are really into anime. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is powerful the course for us. So, like, we kind of expect I guess it, being, it, it does remind me of like Dragon Ball a little bit of like, well, yeah. if you thought like this, if you thought Nappa was powerful, then like Vegeta is way more powerful. And if you thought or even before that, like, well, actually, the series, these- it really reminded me of a lot. Actually, what the, the story arc in particular was Gurren Lagann. Um, and basically right. like the, the, yes. especially with how the technology works into it is the same way in this this game as well and kind of like you literally punch a god in the face in this game just like you doing like they do in Gurren Logan. so yeah. well, that's why I was going with the, with the Dragon Ball reference you eventually have like this cat god thing like you but you're not a god, a god yourself in this game, Sean. You're just the but sovereign. But I will say the god or the representation of the spirits that all kind of made sense as well. Like this, the the manifestation of like astral energy, like would just emerge this big thing that you could take on. Because I was wondering, like, 
how do you fight a spirit? But they mm-hmm. actually made that make sense. You made a, it, I was worried about the, the final conflict being like, I'm just waving around at a spirit. Like <laughs> the fact that, that it's a thing makes sense because you'd experienced kind of elements of that before. It set precedents, it set rules for that to make sense as a, as a final conflict, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of gets us to where it might be tricky for Matt to be on the call. Yeah. Because I think yeah. I think it's finally time to maybe talk about the ending. But real quick, before before Matt runs away, um, mm-hmm. Matt, did you? Because I don't think I asked you about this, but did you ever collect all the owls? And did you see the reward for collecting all the owls? I have not yet. No, I think I collected something like thirty. Yeah, where we're so close. Yeah. There's like yeah, yeah. there's like. There's like 35 Some, of them, I think. But yeah, so. something. Yeah, I think I think around 30 of them. Yeah, I, every yeah, time I, I heard one, I found it right mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Um, or even I it did, would pop up when you entered a new area. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. realize it, that you haven't got that one yet. So yeah. then, do yeah. you guys care if I spoil? The final Tell me reward. it's like some sort of like dance no. or, or parade oh, or something that oh, they put it on. it gets better, Sean. Your, your reward Concert. is a cosmetic where you can have the king owl sit on your head throughout the rest of the game. <laughs> and then it gets better because Shion also gets the unlockable cosmetic of having the queen owl sit on her head <laughs> the rest of the oh, game. That is the best. And they interact with, that, with things as you go through the game. And it's amazing. I need those stuffies. I need like, I need things to right? buy from this game. Also, you know, I want like, that hoodle. Also, there's totally a great, you know, sequence with the, with the King Owl when you actually get them as well. That's just as hilarious as the first one you see with him. So yeah, it's totally worth it. Like, just like levitates up and then spins away. I was like, okay, not what that. Not what I was Honestly. I love that PlayStation, actually, the official PlayStation account actually just tweeted about that the other day where they, they just tweeted what as the tweet and then they had a video of him just flying in the air and just falling over and then Alvin's like confused look on his face and that, that was yeah. the video that was the tweet so it's just like it's hilarious oh my god oh, amazing um, also going circling back to one other thing that um, you didn't mention um, I know you were talking about how we didn't know kind of f- Zephyr's final words to law in mm-hmm. the main story but there is actually a side quest where you actually get to hear what Zephyr wanted to tell him because he actually left law a letter in okay. in uh, in the very first zone um if you go back there after you you before you go to rena essentially um the law basically goes on a, a journey to basically kill a giant zoogle which then gives you some of the parts for for law's best weapon in the game but then you he finds a letter there written by zephyr that was supposed to get to him but uh, essentially okay. the zoogle killed the the male person who was supposed to deliver it to uh-huh. him oh wow um so you actually read kind of zephyr's final words with law and it's actually like really powerful um, and you finally get to hear kind of what he wanted to tell Law at the end. Look how much Ryan gets out of this game. He played it for almost half like the time, like maybe 60% of my time. I mean, I had a little more time to go on some of the side quests anyways. But yeah, uh, See, but yeah some I, of the I, I so like some of the side quests, like each of the characters, each of the main characters has their own like story arc side quest that they have associated with them that then kind of uh, unveils some more stuff about each of the characters. And that was kind of laws as an example, but like Rinwell has one where she's confronting um, another mage that somehow survived. And then that that's up in this. Cause I don't know if you, uh, you saw it in um, Doholmin's territory, which I'm kind of blanking on, on his zone, but there is this area where there's this tower 
that that's like a circular tower that just is there with nothing there. But eventually uh-huh. later in the game, there's a, a side quest that's associated where you basically fight this this huge monster at the top of it, with an ep- which is an epic boss fight that you actually see in the second opening. Is what is like that okay. big monster they're fighting oh. on top of the tower, um, but it's it, it basically uh, does all these these extra story elements for Rinwell, and there's one of these for each of the characters as well, which I think is like super cool and interesting that you could totally miss if you don't know to look for them. As totally missed ones. it. Yeah, that's super dope though for the people that do want to continue to look for that because I feel like at least for like you know before the finale, like I'm very satisfied with where all the characters are Same. at, and I'm very satisfied with their story. But I love that it's there to dive into for people who are looking for more out of it because yeah, like I usually spend more time on side quests, but just given you know time frames, I was trying to get there, so I'm definitely planning to dive back in and kind of clean a bunch of that stuff up mm-hmm. and that just makes me more excited to get back into it because there's so much more there yeah and one other thing that shouldn't surprise us tales fans matt that i don't know if you knew about but um i don't know if do you guys care if i spoil a possible tales crossover between this and another game do you care if i spoil? i it? don't do care play it? okay so there's a side quest that happens later in the game again, around the same point before you go to Rena, where you actually meet up with, with Edna and Aizen from Tales of Zesteria and Tales of Berseria, and they've essentially been transported to this world, and they have to fi- try and find their way home. But essentially, during the side quest, you have to fight both of them at the same time, and it's a r- ridiculous boss fight, but when you finish it, you actually unlock a mystic art that allows you to team up with with Edna and Aizen, <laughs> and it's super what? awesome. It's so cool. And, and like their boss fights are really... Uh, unique and interesting with a lot of character attacks that they have from the previous games. And um, I just thought that was really well done. And they've done that before in previous Tales games. um, But that was like a really nice surprise that I was not expecting to find at all in the game. Seems like Ryan played like a whole other like third of the game, you know? (laughs) I think I I just had the benefit of doing more side stuff than you guys did towards the end of the game, I guess. Because you have to remember, I finished the game two weeks ago. So yeah, um, true. your memory is amazing. You, yeah, that I was guess. A lot but that was also it. like super memorable. Not only that, but um, they actually just added new DLC um, with that crosses over with Sword Art Online that yeah. also has something similar where essentially you can unlock a mystic art where like Kirito and uh, like the other character who I'm blanking on from Asuna. Asuna. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think. Um, but like the two main characters from Sword Art Online, you can have them in like a mystic art with you and unlock some new cosmetics and stuff. Plus so they have cool. their own boss fight, which looks like it's going to be ridiculous. I haven't picked it up yet. I'm thinking about buying it at some point and playing it. But uh, there you go. I think that's all the stuff we probably wanted to cover from the spoiler mm-hmm. cast before we talk about the ending, which yeah. Sean and I are going to do now. So, Matt, before you run off, where can people find you on the Internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Burnout underscore Matt, or you can find our channel over at YouTube.com slash Burnout Brighter. We have a special series this month going in partnership with Yuki and Race the Game where we're focusing on a bunch of bla- on a bunch of black creators in the uk and about black history month in the uk because it's surprisingly october not february like it is here for us so yeah make sure you come check that out and thank you guys for having me on it's been an absolute pleasure i'm sorry i didn't get to the very very ending i tried very hard um but it's been an absolute pleasure I had a lot of fun it's fine We're we got you at least for at least 30 seconds two and a half hours <laughs> of this show we we got you at least for that part so that was awesome yeah. man yeah so we'll let matt hop off the call as we transition to the ending bye matt thanks for coming out bye everyone and uh, it's time, Sean, now that Matt's gone and the interface I'm sure that you have on, on the streaming service is probably I just removed it. Yep. Doesn't, it's all good. Fixed it. Let's talk about the ending and talk about what happened at, when you finished the game. So first off, we had talked about how you fight the great spirit uh, yep. of Rena, and basically yep. that has two boss fights associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you beat 
the Great Spirit. You basically have a ship that comes down as you uh, get the Reddit's Alma back, um, and you're trying to perform the ritual with Shion. But then Volron comes back, Sean. He's alive. He's he told dead. you he was going to be back. You thought that he burned alive. You left him in a highly unlikely but totally escapable situation, and he survived it, and he is there to rue the day, Ryan Turford. Yeah. Not, and this leads to like one of uh, the, what I think might be one of the most epic moments in this game, like this sword fight that you have with them. Oh, like, dude! Or, like, yes, yeah. The, the battle itself was great. I, my, I'm I'm sighing at myself of just like that wasn't satisfying to have him come back. No, in it that leads way. to a great moment though. But it does lead. I and this is again. I want this recorded. I want the whole. I want to watch this over and over again. Yes, the battle between these two is is epic, and it makes sense because you just watched Alpha and just like become more and more powerful. The first time you saw this good this dude it was like almost like Girahim actually from Skyward Sword. Like yeah. This dude can just like move all this like very, very quickly. Um and yeah, Alpha Man ends up holding his own in the end. Uh I messaged you as I was in this battle. I'm like, I'm all out of healing. I can't I have to basically like beat this dude perfectly. Thankfully you basically have to get him to like half health or something like that, or maybe even yeah. a, a third or something like that before it kind of switches into a different a different mode. And then it just kind of lets you go nuts. Yeah. Like you just completely unleash on this guy. And just like, and I remember like, Oh, Wait, you don't even it, have your regular sword. You basically just have the flame sword, essentially. Blazing sword. Yeah, it, uh, and, and you do it the one time, and I'm like, oh, it, it recharged really quickly. And you do it again, I'm like, oh, I see what's happening here. And you just like unleash on this guy. And then, yeah. of course, he's still kind of like there, you know, heavy breathing. I can't believe this. And he wants to be good still. Mm-hmm. I think that's where that, isn't that where that whole conversation, like he wants to, he kind of yeah, has Yeah, because he's on also him. trying to kill the great spirit. Like he, he has the same goal as your characters. He just, yeah. he will, he's willing to do anything that's necessary basically to finish things. And mm-hmm. then he's basically wants to rule over the land once it's dead. Like that's yeah. his whole shtick essentially because yeah. he's the true sovereign, John, at least in his eyes. Like he, mm-hmm. he's kind of, he kind of reminds me of, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character in Far Cry 6 where like he thinks he's the good guy in his mind he's mm-hmm. the hero of the story and he's he thinks he's doing you know just blind to the violence that he is doing and that's yeah. why one of the the very few kind of shortcomings I have in the where I would identify in the story is like it's good that he is mysterious you don't see a lot of him throughout but like that end goal that he has that is the same I I feel like I would have liked them to brush up against each other a little bit more than that because that that is really interesting that they they both want to do the same thing but they're going to do it in completely different ways that was um yeah well said man that's a, well that's especially a good like you don't realize that his goal is to kill the great spirit until you meet up with him towards the right. end of the game where he's basically and like they, chained up essentially and that's just it they couldn't have they couldn't have revealed that until the end because you didn't even know really what the great spirit was until the end and so yeah. there are certain things that they they almost like back themselves into a corner or they handcuffed themselves in terms of the storytelling that that might have been better off had we known what the great spirit was maybe a little bit earlier like they kind of do the the what's in the Helquin? I've called him Henrik 35. Yeah. The, um, he kind of <laughs> does the Helgenquin. Yeah. Yeah. Here's now here's what's really going on. And, and the way that they had him do that was interesting in that they, they were in a space outside of the influence of the great spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like what a man, what a powerful ending. What did you think about? Like, I thought Shion was done. I thought yeah. she was dead. I thought she was actually going to like, she oh, had please, her original I intent. I've seen enough anime to know that there, there's probably going to be a happy ending here. And that, that's kind and of that's, what I figured was going to happen. Cause, cause, cause essentially the Renis Alma breaks, like, 
he basically Volren basically destroys it. So yeah, you kind oh, of that explosion. Like, yeah, is so good. He's just like he looks at him. He just goes and then. Just, just like just this devastation. Up. Yeah, and, and it's just like, he's just like, all right, I'm going to die, but like know that basically I'm going to, you're going to have to kill Xion essentially now. Mm-hmm. And basically he gets, he thinks he's going to get what he wants, you know, regardless of whether he, whether he continues to live. But right. in the end, um, what ends up happening is that they, they pray basically to the planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and this is why I was just like, oh, come on. This yeah, is where I'm same like, here. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like, what, what are you gonna broadcast in the sky? Hey, everybody, think about this. Like the way that they, it's like they the spirit ball off. bomb from Dragon totally. Ball Z. Sean, going back mm-hmm. to your Dragon Ball Z reference, where it's just yep. like it totally was. Yeah, come gather on. the energy. That's yeah, one of the things big, where I'm like, it doesn't need. It didn't need that. Like, I wish they would have come up with a different explanation for how they would have gotten rid of the thorns. Yeah, I, I I'm totally glad that they agree. did because I'm glad that I, I like where the ending goes past that point. And kind of mm-hmm. like what, what you see kind of in the final credits and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, I just wish they would have had to come up with a different solution to go there. But Same I, here. But I love kind of the, the lasting kind of implications of this where essentially the two planets essentially merge together to yeah. become one planet. So the great spirit of Rena actually gets to live and, and mm-hmm. live on just as part of, you know, Dana's spirit astral energy. And they kind of merge into one being essentially. Um, which is kind of cool. And I kind of, well, like and that it's effect. the theme of like relationships and conflict management, even in, in a weird way of like finding that mutual win overall is actually the best. Like it, it didn't have to be a zero sum game. Like you, you could have winners across the board. And that was, that was kind of interesting in that way. But yeah, the solution that they had was kind of like, ah, yeah, I mean, okay. But it was just like the T-Rex that showed up at the end of Jurassic Park, Sean. It's just, it's like, sure. But Whatever. it didn't matter. It didn't matter at that point. Like I had, I loved the, the entire ride and, you know, it it's such a such a fraction of the ending. It's very interesting where Matt had to drop off this call, yeah. you know, because we have so well, many. He was like right before the ball ran right fight there. Is where he stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's why, even though it doesn't really land for me, that uh, I still my overall thoughts on this game remain unchanged. Um, I don't I don't think of the ending at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, I really don't. I think of everything else leading up to it. Yeah. And it's more yeah. about the journey along the way and less about kind of this big, you know, life altering ending. That, like, oh, that's kind of what the game's all We about. didn't talk about, um, oh, now he has feelings. Now, like, the mask is completely gone. Yeah. And now he actually can feel pain. Yeah. And I guess they he explain just, it is because, like, the long term use of the mask basically dulls your senses and, and basically kills your pain receptors because it messes with your brain. So that's why he had the memory loss and why he couldn't feel anything because like right. a, a side effects of wearing the mask. But then he can feel pain like then the mask goes away and then he's like, oh, pain sucks. Like this is this yeah. is not very, very pleasant for me. But I guess I'll just hold this sword anyway still because my will is strong. No, because like, he's got the power of the sovereign, Sean. The sovereign's power allows him to, you know, power through the pain. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to like you know, poke too many holes, but there's, there's a lot, like there's a couple stretches that this game requires yeah. you to jump over. Yeah. Of but a lot of games do that. That's, that, that's why it's like, it's something to point out, but I don't think it's necessarily a fault of this game. Cause Agreed. I, yeah. I know a lot of games do this. Not I even just play Japanese it again, man. Games. I want to play it again, dude. I yeah. just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I hope to see, um, some recognition at the game awards with Jeff Keighley. If that seems to be the show that matters. Um, yeah. But well, the man. tough thing is, I think like it's just a game that I think a lot of like it got great reviews, but it's just one of those things where I don't think a lot of 
press got a chance to play it. So I think a lot of people are going to skip over it, which yeah, hurts, people should play it hurts it. my soul mm-hmm. because this one is it, good. Cause it's not even just me as a tales fan. It's, it's just seeing your reaction to it and just knowing that it's, it's a much more appealing game to, to non JRPG fans. Like, it hurts knowing that it probably it's probably not going to make the game of the year list if I had to predict right now. Like it's especially with you know the Metroid Dread reviews that just came out to pe- to people's response to Ratchet and Clank to Deathloop. Like I think yeah. those are kind of the contenders that I think are going to be there instead oh, of interesting. instead of this or even yeah, Psychonauts. You're probably right because I think more people played Psychonauts than this for the fact that it's on Game Pass. So yeah, yeah. Plus, well, maybe maybe too. it'll land. Maybe it'll land there, dude. I don't know. I, I think so. about I think about a story like a like an action sort of driven narrative driven game like The Last of Us Two, and I'm like, I this is I enjoyed this better. Yeah. <laughs> the Last of like, Us Two and the story and everything. Like, yeah, because I mean, it's not a depressing uh, as depressing as The Last of Us, but it gets it has some downer moments. In this I mean, game it's not well not depressing, um, but at the same time, it, it wraps up in 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 a good way, I think. And uh, yeah, I think that this narrative is just it worked really well in uh, this kind of format. I will say to your point, because you had asked about whether or not they would do a sequel, because they've done se- sequels to Tales games before. They're not like Final yeah. Fantasy where they won't at do this sequels. point. No, the way the story cl- concludes, I don't think that I want that. Yeah. I would I would have carved out a sequel after the first yeah like they could have death. probably done a a sequel to it in with, like separating the two parts into two different games but yeah. um to matt's point i feel like it probably would have been a little too much they probably would have padded it in a way that would have maybe felt felt a little unsatisfying like a little less satisfying than what we had here because i know all of the problems that you had were not so much that the pacing as much as kind of Matt and I had a problem with it, but Mm -hmm. more so with the content, like the, the revelations weren't as special to you as you were kind of saying. So yeah. uh, Yeah. Even if they did that in a sequel, I don't know if that would have been better for you. If anything, there might've been more padding there that made it feel like filler almost. And then it might've been harder to get through. I really would have to, in order to like, I would want to flush that out. I do think that there's something there in terms of like the, the Renan world um, and and the space. What is it called? Lengalis? How do you say uh, yeah, it's the Lang- Langless or something. It's anyway, something in any case, I it's feel a Japanese like there's, game. It doesn't make sense. Sorry. Well, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I do think that there's so much background on both of those planets and areas that, you know, even though Ren, it, it wasn't like a completed planet, it could have also had maybe something mm-hmm. there or, or in the space station kind of in between, um, could have had a little bit something else to that or, the um the aftermath of like now now the crown con- contest is over what is that sort of like that maybe they could have stood, stood around there i'm not entirely sure it just felt like there was one part of the game that was very very well fleshed out very well thought out and then the rest was sort of like reveal after reveal after reveal here's everything that here's what's really going on sort of smack you in the face with that and it wasn't as yeah it just didn't it just didn't land for me. So anyways, I feel like I'm repeating at this point. So then real question, real talk, Sean, did you, did you watch all of the credits and did you see what Hoodle did at the end? The unforgivable act that Hoodle did at the end no. of the credits? No. Uh, okay. So if you stay till the end of the credits, it eventually like is showing like what all the characters are doing after, after the, the planet yeah. kind of merges together. Um, and it gets to uh, the wedding of, of Alfin and Shion. And at the wedding, Xion throws the bouquet in the air and Hoodle destroys the bouquet <laughs> as, as uh, Rinwell is ready, like primed to catch it. It's just he's it, like Hoodle totally destroys it. And That's she's got, really just got funny. this like pouty look on her face and it's adorable. He's a jealous little owl. It's Son so it's so good. But yeah, I, I kind of love 
um, getting at least a little bit of closure because they didn't really like they kind of I, I was a little worried that maybe there would be no closure to the story once they had kind of the, the kiss kind of animation that ha- plays after you beat uh, Volran. Um, and yeah, kind of the, I was OK with that. That was basically my ending. Oh, no, like, I, I was, was okay just like uh, I, I, I wish there would have had like five more minutes to kind of talk about kind of the ramifications of the planets coming together. Or oh, I see like what that. you mean. But then yeah. they, ha- no, they put I that in the, that. the credits, which I liked. So they didn't, they weren't, they weren't like the overly explaining it, but the, See, I we're, loved, we're yeah. all tailing off with you, Ryan. Like Matt finished up to a certain point. I got just a little bit further, but still not all, to, all the way to the end. You saw the true ending and then the Marvel after credits kind of scene. Yeah, exactly. Well, there, again, there, there's not so much an after credit scene so much as it's again, just all hand painted, uh, like versions of the characters, like scenes with the characters oh, that aren't really okay. that aren't animated, but they're just oh, like stills that you see on the credits as they roll. And when you get to the credit end of the credits, that's when you see kind of the painting of the wedding, now. and gotcha. then you, you it switches between three different still pictures, um, and then one final picture at the end where it's uh, Sean and Alfin kind of like laughing Sean. together at the end, and it just it has Finn right there because the game. So special. What a great game. Also, although I still wonder, it's like when the two planets merge together at the end, it's just like, well, doesn't that totally just mess with the geography of the planet and like where all the cities are and stuff like that? Like, does it like what's what goes on with that? Like, is there kind of like it it are like all the cities closer together, especially because the planet's larger now somehow. Like it's it somehow becomes bigger when the two planets merge together. So like Ryan, how does it mess astronomical like catastrophic event like catastrophic. that's catastrophic uh, yeah not what you want you don't want two giant objects in the sky celestial objects come together i don't and just merge the, into one and then the yeah, great and then spirit does sudden, not think that through and suddenly like one half of cislodia is like on the other side of the planet from like the other half of the city or something like that it's yeah. okay uh, if it was if there was going to be fires that were caused by this by this catastrophe they would all be uh, snuffed out by all the the goopy water of the yeah. dead people yeah. Also, I, I love in the in the credits as well. They kind of show kind of where Alfin and Sean kind of move to, where they move to this little like cabin in the woods, which actually of is a callback to a conversation that they actually have when you kind of max out oh, Sean's yeah. relationship with Alfin at the campfire, where they talk about like, oh well, like Sean's like, oh well, if I were to get married, this is where I would want to go live, like go go live in like oh, a cabin in the woods, nice. and, and then have like a nice husband that cooks for me and stuff, because um, of course she loves food. She, she loves food, um, and, <laughs> and then it totally they, it totally plays out in the credits. I loved how like they connected that small conversation they had. How do they do together it, man? to, to uh, the, the, how it ends up? Yeah. Good game. So, Good game. So, GG. So cool. So there we go. I think that's, that's everything we wanted to talk about, Sean. I think we kind of ran the gamut of uh, yeah. things to talk about tales. And of course there's so many things we haven't experienced yet. Like even me, who's played a lot of this, the, the end game stuff, there's still lots of stuff out there that I still haven't seen with this game. So yeah, I'm very excited cool. maybe to see more at some point, but Sean, since we got to go, Sean plugs go. Find me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. I think we've started something new, man. We haven't done one of these in a long time, a review podcast, a spoiler cast thing. Uh, we have a lot like to nice get out. It's been, we're running at two hours and 47 minutes right now, Sean. It's a <laughs> so. big game, big experience. I got big feelings for it, man. I'm Thank you so much for for helping out with this, and thanks to everybody for for listening to it, too. Oh, absolutely. And once again, we got to say a huge thank you to our friends at Ben and Emco for providing us a code and kind of making this happen as well. Cause that, cause you might not have even bought it right away, Sean, if, if, uh, if we didn't have the code. So was, probably not, it was awesome no. to be able to have experience this with you and kind of go yeah. on this journey together. So yeah, I'm glad we Very definitely special. did this. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at 
Ryan Turford. You also find us on Twitter at Yumi Caprice. You also find Matt once again at Burnout underscore Matt on Twitter and go find his content Burnout Writer over on YouTube and podcast services around the globe. And likewise, if you're listening on the Xbox driver, the PlayStation drive feed, this, of course, is a production of the RPG Cave podcast where me and Garrett Bland talk about RPGs all the time over on uh, podcast services around the globe or on YouTube as well. We they have a video version of the show every single week. So for Sean Capri, I'm Ryan Tufford. This has been all for the extra level of the RPG Cave. And we're out.